Hello and welcome to another episode of Afrolog. Thank you so much for sticking with us if you're back here listening again. And thank you so much for joining us for the first time, if you are joining for the first time. Um, we are a platform for informed debate and discussion on all things African, from culture to music to politics, whatever it is, to sports. And today we have a guest who I would like him to introduce himself while he's here today. And yeah, we get the ball rolling. Introduce yourself. Hey everyone, uh, I'm Ken Bond Wilson. Uh, I'm the founder of Afro Bowlers, which is a platform on Instagram to promote uh, African ball talents to the world. Um, so uh, the platform is for, uh, the platform is bro- uh, quite new. I started in uh, December time, so it's about six months now, a Great. bit more than that. That's awesome. Six months. Yeah. Six okay. Months. All right. Just before Kevin goes on to talk more about Afro Bowlers, so that's called Afro Bowlers, and it's Afro and B L. B-A-L-L-E-R-S. Yes, that's it. Yeah. And on Instagram, it's Afro underscore. No, Afro Bowlers. Just Afro Bowlers. Yes. Afro All right. Bowlers. Awesome. Um, so, Dami, introduce yourself. and. Hi, I'm Dami. <laughs> I'm back for another episode. <laughs> hey, it's Paige. I'm also back. <laughs> <laughs> Love the energy. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And I'm owing your host as always. And I'm actually glad to be back because I was not yes. on the last two episodes. We if had you fun didn't, without you. Whatever. <laughs> Y'all missed me and you know it. No, if you didn't know, if you didn't know, you need to know. I, your girl was getting flued out. <laughs> I was getting flued out. You know, Bay just thought that, you know, I deserved it. Bay being work, the work that no, no, pays me. Yeah. T- t- tell, tell the people what you're doing in, in Kenya. So basically, actually, I went for Budapest. Yeah, to Kenya. Mm-hmm. Girls, get girls. Get, come on, <laughs> come on. You know we catch, catch flights. flights. <laughs> Catching flights, not feelings. Okay. So I'm from Budapest, and then I flew to Kenya. I got back to the UK and literally got on a flight. Actually, my flight was cancelled. Then I got got on it the next day yeah. to Kenya, uh, working on some interesting topic for the. UK government, so I can't really say exactly what it is. Mm. Um, (laughs) It's top top secret shit, you know? Okay. 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 (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, it was really insightful. And um, yeah, I'm glad to hopefully do more of that soon. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) So... Uh, we're going to go back to Kevin. Kevin, tell us a bit more about who you are because you seem like you're a really smart guy. You're out here doing bits and things. Come on. Um... Uh, so um, I just finished my PhD at uh, University of Leeds. Chase. University of Leeds. Well, That's a Russell group you need. If you just, just in Chase. case you didn't know. A whole PhD. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Congratulations. Congrats. I much appreciate it. Yeah, so it's been... Uh, so yeah, now I'm a postdoc. Um, I'm a postdoc, uh, postgraduate um, in University of Leeds. Awesome. Okay. Sorry. I need to cut that off. <laughs> um, no, that's fine. I'm, I'm working as a researcher at University of Leeds. Um so I'm working towards uh, uh, commercializing the idea that I've uh, worked on throughout my, uh, throughout my PhD. So, um, yeah. So that's it. And on the side, you know, I like to do um, Afro bowlers. I have a big passion for Africa. Mm. Uh, as a kid, I used to travel um, every summer back home. Uh, Where's home for you? Yeah. Uh, home is uh, Togo, Benin, and Ghana. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Three nice. countries, you know. Three countries in Chase. one. And yeah. this is the first time that we've had a Francophone African on the show. So is that's it? great. Yeah. So yeah, Francophone. I grew up in France. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I grew up in France and uh, I grew up on the border of Switzerland as well. Okay. And uh, yeah. So yeah, I have deep passion for basketball and Africa. So, you know, I had to yeah. mix it all. 
And on the topic of basketball, so Afroballers is a platform to promote African basketball players. And mm-hmm. African basketball players are doing a lot on the NBA front and are and should be getting as much recognition as their other colleagues. So exactly. can you um, say a couple more things about that? Um, like you've mentioned, these, uh, we have African players, African decent players who are doing really well in the NBA. Um at the moment, there's about 50 African decent players mm-hmm. in the whole NBA for about 490 players overall in the whole league. So 50 out of 190, that's a good number. Yeah, but in those 50, we have, we have players like uh, Yanis Antetokounmpo, Pascal Siakam, Joel Embiid, Dennis Schroeder, who are doing amazing. And um, these are stories that we have to be able to tell as well. Mm-hmm. And um, secondly, like one thing that kind of uh, woke me up to, to tell those stories is the fact that... Um, when you read a story, they say Yanis is Greek or Denis yeah, Schroeder. The Greek freak. The Greek freak, exactly. Yeah. Or Denis <laughs> Schroeder is German. That's true. Mm. But I've not seen someone German or even Greek playing basketball the way they do play. Mm. Mm. Okay, yeah. But the reason they can play like that is because they're African. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Right. So um, yeah, th- these are some of the reasons why I started Afro Ballers as well. Mm. So uh, there was one thing I was gonna ask you. So when you say that we have African descent players. Are we are we talking about players that have come directly from Africa to the NBA, or did they grow up in America? Um, when I say African descent, um, I'm just saying people that are from traceable roots. Okay, yeah, mm, yeah. Okay. We can trace okay. the roots. Um, yeah, I heard this, I heard a story about um, Giannis. Apparently, his name is spelled wrongly on his jersey. Apparently, yeah. his name is actually Tokumbo. I- Right. No, Wait, I, what? Yeah, no, what? I did Tokumbo, right? From Janice to Tokumbo. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Hey. But his his name is actually I did Tokumbo, but they spelt it wrong and he never yeah, changed yeah, yeah. it or something. No, why didn't he change That's it? That's what I heard. No, no, no. Come it's on, not wrong. It's that. not wrong. It's like he Greek he Greekified. Oh, it's, oh, Greek, it's the Greek yeah. version yeah. of Greekified. Wow. Wow. Wait, yeah, what? Adetokumbo. What is it? Adetokumbo is a Yoruba name, and I'm trying to understand. No, because it's Ade, Ade. Tokunumbo. Tokumbo. Yeah. Tokumbo, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And now the way it's written is Ante Tokunumbo. <laughs> oh, wow. They yeah. really, they yeah. really messed just that up. Butchered it. Yeah. yeah. That is mad. Got, got, I mean, butchered it. I mean, <laughs> so, accepted it. So. <laughs> yeah, but he was supposed to be doing really well. I mean, he was, he's with the, the Bucks. Where's that? The Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee. And he was doing really well. And then he kind of didn't play well for three games. And now the Toronto Raptors and Kawhi Leonard have have gone to the finals. By the time uh, most of the audience hear this, Golden State would have won the, the championship, won't they? Mm, mm. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope not, to be honest. Um, uh, Toronto uh, has gone to the finals, but they went through Yanis. But uh, Toronto is an interesting team to watch, especially for us African descent. Mm. Um, first of all, the president of the team is called Masai Ujiri. Mm. And Masai Ujiri is uh, Nigerian and Kenyan. Okay. Oh, wow. Another mix. Yeah, another mix. Good. And um, he's known for um, doing the biggest camp in Africa called Gents of Africa. Mm. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it's well, like a basketball camp. It's a basketball camp where he recruits the best players of the whole continent. Oh, oh wow. Nice. Giants of Africa. Yeah. Giants yeah. of Africa. Yeah. And then the best, like he does that in uh, different regions of Africa. And then the best ones are going to something called Basketball Without Borders, which is an NBA and FIBA camp that's cool yeah that is cool yeah yeah that's really cool yeah Yeah. and uh, there's a lot of scouts coming you know NBA scouts or um, people from Europe whatever and uh, there's something cool I don't know if you heard about that called NBA Africa Africa game NBA Africa game I have heard about that 
Yeah. So yeah. African NBA Africa game is um is an event where they call the the African decent players mm -hmm. uh, to play against uh, a team world. So they will have they will play against guys from uh, NBA players that from Europe, okay. or America, wherever. So during that same period of time, mm. they have this um this camp called the Basketball Without Borders camp mm. where we have the top prospects from Africa that just play against each other. So Masai Ujiri is involved in, in this program as well. And um, yeah, so let's go back now to the Toronto Raptors again. <laughs> Sorry, because I uh, kind of drifted away with uh, Masai Ujiri because I really admire him a lot. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, in, in the same team, he's uh, he's got three African players um, that are Sergi Baka, which is from Congo. Sergi Baka, yeah. Yeah, born and raised in Congo. Okay. Mafuzisa, Maf I don't know if you heard that, but that song, so... It's a French song okay. where we're trying to promote the whole Cong Congolese lifestyle type of thing. You know what? I mm. think our intro to this episode should be... That song. Yeah. yeah. It okay. should be that song. Yeah, my cool. Fuji style, yeah. Text it to me, so I'll text it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do that shit. Nice. I, I also, just, just actually, just um, before we go on with that, I wanted to ask you, because when we did talk about you coming on and talking about Afro Ballers, uh -huh. you did mention that there will be a camp coming to Ghana. So yeah. can you shed some more light on that? All right, so at, at the moment, it's still very, very early stage. Mm. Uh, but I'm talking with uh, some academies um, from Europe mm -hmm. to um, to travel for a week in Ghana and really trying to uh, do a camp, you know, trying to train the kids, show them how to uh, to play the game. Mm. And, uh, you know, we never know. Some of them might even get scouted to come back uh, to Europe or even go to America. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so Afro Ballers is still fairly new. Mm. But there's a lot of interest from people from uh, all around the world. Uh, I mean, I think that's the thing about a vi a virtual presence. Mm. Uh, yeah. You connect it to the world. So, um, yeah, hopefully by next year, you know, uh, Afro Bullies will be uh, properly established. Mm. And I'll have good connections and that camp will happen and we, we'll be able to offer some opportunities to the to the kids. You already had a little bit of a success, uh, um, but you said one of your counterparts was able to represent you in the States. So could yeah. you just talk briefly about that? Um, so, yeah, so, um, uh, so... Like I'm like so like I mentioned when I started Afro Boys, I realized that there was a lack of representation of uh, African stories for basketball mm. in general. Okay, so there's the I don't know if you heard about that, but there's something called the NBA Academy, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is in uh, Senegal at the moment. So this is an academy to where they gather the best. I mean, some of the best prospects yeah. of Africa, and um, I mean, no, the NBA is a big name, and nobody knows who those who the players were or what they do and anything. So um, what I've done is that they, they had a tournament in January mm. and uh, I found all the results and who scored um, um, all the points that, that were scored by uh, each player. Then I made some posters and I put them on my Instagram page. And, oh, uh, nice. Yeah, and that that created a buzz because the players were happy, you know, first time that they poster and yeah. Yeah. all their friends, you yeah. know. They, they seen it and then at, at that point yeah, attacked, it attracted a lot of people towards the page and mm -hmm. we went up for about 100 to 100 from 100 to 200 followers I say overnight mm. Mm, good and now you're over a thousand and one thing that you did point out was that there's a lack of sports infrastructure support in Africa that's supporting African talent. And this is something that we actually discussed in one of our first episodes. It is. It is. Um, especially, but it was relating more to football. Mm -hmm. um, but as a whole, in terms of like football and basketball and other sports. Yeah. So there is a lack of infrastructural support. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask this question, actually. I mean, we know football is a more international sport, but do you think, 
do you think that basketball can become much bigger in Africa? Because as, oh, from, yeah. from what I know is is football is the main sport and, and they all they know yeah. the players perhaps in a different way than they'd know um, kind of the NBA players outside of maybe LeBron and and, yeah, and Steph yeah. Curry. I mean, it's going to change very soon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the NBA is coming to Africa in mm. uh, January 2020. Okay. Uh, yeah. So what, they're going to they're play a game there? Like no, a, no, a league no. Game. They, they're making a league in Africa. Oh, they're oh, making an African good. league. They're making the African league. Okay. Interesting. Uh, basketball Africa League. Amazing. Uh, so you good. know what that means. That means from this opportunity, opportunity, many more are gonna uh, happen. Yeah. Uh, and I think one thing that's gonna be interesting is grassroots development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's okay. going to be a game changer over mm-hmm. uh, for a long time period. And uh, but um, overall, yeah, there's a. Uh, I think there's uh, the future is bright for African sport. Mm. Um, but we have to learn how to commercialize from sport because mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, true. Um, that's yeah, that's the only thing that's lacking. And um. Um, I'm happy that the NBA is coming, but I just wished, you know, we started doing those type of things from our own initiative. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I guess a name like the NBA is definitely going to help us, you know, do great and uh, create more opportunities and definitely have an impact on the economy. I think definitely there will be competition that will come out of that. Even though the NBA is a bigger name, there could be smaller leagues that will crop up from that if there's enough talent mm-hmm. to, to harvest. So that, that Sorry, that's the question. The question then is, if the NBA come and do a league, and then the NBA is not going to want to displace its own league in America f- to promote an African one. So whichever league the NBA comes to begin in Africa probably is going to be some kind of B league or C league, right? Mm. So the question then becomes, but is it is it worth it for African countries to set up their own basketball league if there's yeah. going to be an NBA too? Uh, I mean, first of all, uh, it's still early stage. The format is not set up properly, mm. right? Uh, or maybe they would just come and sponsor something, maybe. Yeah, or the NBA. Yeah, maybe the NBA would just be the sponsor of like an African league or something. Uh, I mean, no, they're making a league, period. Like, <laughs> like they're, making, they're making a league. Now, and like you said, like maybe the level would be B, B level at first. Mm. But based on the talents that we have, yeah, that, that is going to a great release. No, but, but that's what I mean. I mean, even, even with the, the great talents, what I'm saying is that the the NBA have an interest in in keeping the the best players and teams in America. So mm-hmm. at some level, there's going to be a, a prospect of the best African players are going yeah, to be yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to be kind of captured going by to American America. Teams. Yeah, 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 that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, I think um, that I mean that's a very good question. But I think we have to really raise the, our pride. You know, uh, get African pride up. Um, but it's going to happen over time. First of all, we got to show that we can uh, compete against American and, you know, win. Then show that the the African League, African NBA League is as competent as the, yeah. as competitive as the American one. At that point, I don't think people would have that much interest to be traveling in America because at the end of the day, just think about, I mean, I'm still dreaming about it, but think about developed Africa. Mm. It's always hot. The weather is nice. The food is nice. Mm. <laughs> You're home. <laughs> I mean, you're home, you know, you, get, you go home, get to your jollof, you don't have to eat a burger Patrice, or something. Patrice, one of the French football players. Ebra. Yes. He has a woman who 
makes his Congolese food for him uh, in okay. France. Yeah. And he really put her on, like on social media. And he's like, this is my, you know, she cooks like his home food. So I totally, yeah. I think I totally get that. Yeah. So I think Afrobolas is an absolutely, absolutely great platform. Yeah, well done. Well, well done, done for creating it. that. And I thank you so much it. for coming to discuss it with us today. And I know you did mention that you're working with a few organizations that you can't quite mention. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, on just sort of... Um, buildings or like academies and, and whatnot so that's absolutely great and i'm looking forward to see more of that and hopefully more of the sport promoted on the continent but on on, on the on the whole topic and thematic area of sports mm. there's been a little bit of a conversation within our team <laughs> about um african football players across the world and i wouldn't say just african but also just black because not all black people are yeah and not and not just football players okay yeah Yeah. not just football players across the board across Mm. sports Mm. their tendencies to date whiter women Mm. or lighter skinned women or just women that are not from the same similar african or black background and some people really felt passionately about that so i'm gonna hand the ball over to my brother here. <laughs> well, I wanted to bring this topic up because I thought I thought it was interesting. Uh, there was this um, there was this kind of um, stereotype about black footballers, or at least some of the best ones, you know, being in relationships relationships with and marrying non black women. Let's say, and mm. yeah, I just thought like maybe we should discuss whether we think that's a real thing or whether it really happens. And by the way, when I say not just footballers, the example I'm thinking of is Serena Williams, who got, oh, she's been married a while now. Um, just and about a year or she, <laughs> she, she, um, uh, And I think it's Serena's an interesting example because she's maybe the most visible black woman in the world now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Sportswoman. Yeah. Black sportswoman. Who's more visible than her period? Beyonce. Beyonce, Michelle Obama. Not not Obama anymore. But that maybe what? Beyonce. Okay, you I'll give you Beyonce. You can't say she's the most visible black woman. No, Obama, um, Michelle's not. Michelle's at home. Like, Michelle's not. <laughs> what do you mean? We, we can do Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce, Serena. Okay. Michelle third, right? <laughs> For Oprah. I don't know. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so we want to talk about, because I was, because I always looked at Serena as, as a symbol of black power. Mm. Okay. So, okay. so I thought she still has that though. All right, go on. Yeah, because um, with Serena Williams, I don't know if you know, but she dated many black men. Okay. Before she um, married her um, husband, now who's I think the Reddit Reddit he Alex Reddit. O'Haney. Yeah, one of yeah. yeah. Everybody seems to refer to him as it. Reddit, Serena's <laughs> Serena's husband. <laughs> yeah. He has a name, and no. I feel sorry for the guy. <laughs> But Alexis like, um, to be honest, I think she just got tired of like black men not treating her well. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Let me land, let me land, let me land. But look, like sometimes, sometimes I get what you're saying. Like sometimes black, black athletes date um, white, white people because of, because of like influence or money proximity yeah yeah exactly but i think in this in the situation with serena i don't think that was the case i think she genuinely loved this man Mm -hmm. and she it didn't matter what he was it just he just treated her right Mm -hmm. and i'm and Mm. unfortunately and she actually said this in a in an interview by the way so it's not just me just saying it okay this is okay you um, got the info yeah yeah so i'll actually put that (laughs) i'll make sure that we have that on the afrolog um social media platforms but yeah she actually did say that she 
felt as though um, black men didn't really treat her. They didn't hold her to a same, not respect, but like they didn't, they weren't, this didn't Able treat her well. Yeah. And it's, and also, as you said, she is a woman of power and some mm-hmm. men, some black men aren't able to, they, they, they're not able to handle that. So what, was so, it like they were trying to subjugate her? Was it like yeah, that? Yeah, or, or they're just jealous of her. Okay. Like jealous of the power that she right, had. Right. And to be honest, like a lot of black women have that issue anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you're a black athlete or if you're, you know. Any, I think the dynamic is different when it's, woman and a man yeah um but because but when it's a man and the black men dating white women that's different from because serena is probably the most visible black woman sportswoman that's mm. married to a white man yeah. and i personally in all honesty and i said this before i don't care i genuinely do not care whether you marry white black asian or whatever my thing is just the mentality behind it yeah. is are you marrying or dating a white person or someone from a separate race because you think the women in your own race or the men in your own race are not good enough or um, you just put them all in a box that they're just not that attractive? That I would find absolutely problematic. I have a preference for black men, so I don't feel like um, it should be a problem if someone decides that they don't necessarily prefer black women's black women or black men so long as your mentality isn't skewed and fetishy or whatever it is okay yeah, well, there, there is definitely like a fetishization of it's like hard white, it's hard to white women and now like uh, you'll find a white woman with black features so <laughs> you don't know, even have to like so technically you can just have the best of both worlds. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about that. But, <laughs> what, what do you mean by best of both worlds? Well, <laughs> no. I don't know about that. Well, what is best of both? It's the best well, of both. You have the white woman, white man with the arse. Miley Cyrus is like, what she's, I think she's yeah. Miley Cyrus. Too. Wait, Miley Cyrus does not have black features. No, I mean, she sang a song called Best of Both Worlds. Oh, yeah. oh okay, okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. But I, I just, wow. just want to shout out to the black men that Serena was talking about. Listen, I'd find it intimidating dating someone like that. You know, that's that's not like Serena. Yeah. Mm. Why? Because it's like she's like that's Serena. I, I, I can understand that her success, Pusha, you know, her, her success can be intimidating. <laughs> but her as a person, why should that be intimidating? She's just a human being. Yeah, yeah. yes, she is. But, she is really but, just but, a human but, being. Because nah, no, do you know? I get that because I I get it a but, lot. I get a lot of guys telling me yeah. that they're intimidated by me. Yeah. yeah, and that's not they don't even know me yet. Mm-hmm. So what about me? I don't even. I ain't, I, I'm not. Even banking that much, so why? That's not that's not intimidating. That's weird. If it's just my physical presence that's intimidating you, then you got a problem. Hey, come on now, come on. <laughs> yeah, fine, but I don't think that was the case with Serena. They they were obviously aware of her success. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying I understand if you because if you're well, not, that should be inspiring. Yeah, exactly. That should be inspiring. Exactly. If your yeah, wife is like inspiring. that, or your girlfriend is like that. Every day you wake up, you're like, I gotta strive for greatness. Yeah, that that's how it should be. Definitely, that's my humble opinion. You don't, you don't think that, like, guys out here should be intimidated by. I mean, I know guys that would be. I know guys that because they have insecurities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. And Um, it's a bigger thing around like how men are socialized to decide what what makes them man enough or what yeah. what defines their manhood. Yeah. And if their manhood is defined by being financially or economically or physically bigger than a woman, then if you see a woman who's doing better than you in those ways, then of course you'll be insecure. 
Mm. Yeah. But I mean, that's not an excuse for for treating her badly or whatever they were doing that she mentioned in that mm-hmm. interview. I just don't see how it's possible to separate Serena the person from Serena with the success, you know, as the top can, black though. athlete, as a top athlete in her sport period, you know. I don't see how you do that. No, but... But I mean, at the end of the day, like, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I've met, I've met a lot of people, you know, that at first you intimidated but when you start talking to them just realizing they're just human beings yeah. true yeah. right yeah. so mm-hmm. at the end of the day maybe at first you're going to be panicking if you see Serena but when you're going to start talking to her you're going to be like she's mm-hmm. just a normal person like I am yeah I, I wanted to mention Paul Pogba as well um, who's another visible uh, black athlete and he's it's not clear what's gone on actually so I'm not going to say I know but he's he has a child mm-hmm. and he has a girlfriend so some places say he's married to her and some places say he isn't married but anyway he has a child <laughs> and the the lady's white okay. and uh I I was surprised that he didn't kind of go for a Congolese woman actually because of all the the music he's on his uh, Instagram and whatnot. He's always playing some, you know, white French Congolese fam- song. White women fans are music all the time. <laughs> you didn't see those girls on Twitter who were doing the whole choreography to options. No, I didn't see and that. And they thought they really were doing a thing. I didn't see anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> they really thought they were doing a thing. Mate, white women That's are true. always, always all over black music trying to show that they can twerk like us. Mm-hmm. They can, whatever it is. Mm. I'm not saying that they shouldn't do those things, yeah. but it's not, um, it's, it's not too far-fetched to think that Paul Pogba's girlfriend or wife is also one of those white women that fall into that category. Mm. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Interesting things. And it's also a thing where I th- I do think that some black men have a mentality that white women are easier to deal with. Yeah. And I think that's problematic. <laughs> and I feel sorry for white women if that's the mentality. <laughs> you feel sorry for them? I do feel sorry for them because if a black, if a man at all thinks that I'm easier to deal with, that's so problematic. What does that even mean? Mm, I feel sorry for us. <laughs> but I don't feel sorry for us because honestly, I I feel I, I hate this whole notion of black women should be pissed off. It's yeah. like, why am I pandering to a black man's approval? If they're, mm. they're the ones that will like me, that will like me. And the ones that don't like me, I don't give a damn about you. Simple. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. We got some angst coming out here. It's not angst. But she's speaking straight <laughs> yeah. facts. Because it's true. Like, white. It, yeah, there's this idea that white women just take everything. They're just like, yes, yes. What, They'll just what? say yes to everything. But a black woman will just be like, no. You know, like, yeah, and that's obviously wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's like, yeah. obviously not true. And obviously, as well, like, um, I think obviously black women are very ambitious mm. as we've just point out, pointed out. And if a black man who's an athlete is with, usually you always see like, if it's a black man and then a white woman, the white woman is just like a wag. Is that what you call it? <laughs> mm-hmm. wife of, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like um, it's rare that you get like, um, you know, the Stephen Curry and Stephen Curry and Steph. Alicia Curry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I don't know what Ari, I don't know what Aisha in, yeah, in but football that's the anyway. She's a cook. I mean, she's a, she's a yeah, chef. but everyone she's hates her. All these, but this is the thing. <laughs> all of these girls on Twitter don't like Aisha now. Remember, you you must oh, have yeah. seen this. Yeah, 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 because yeah. she keeps talking about how she won't undress for anyone but her man and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. they're calling her pick me, but she's already been picked. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she was like, "What's up with why? Why won't they leave Aisha alone?" You know? uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, uh, Aisha is a bit of, um, uh, you know, 
Yeah, Aisha is a is a is a first of all she's Christian. You know she she holds her Christian values um, uh, a lot. So there's a lot of that that translates on social media on how mm. she's conservative about how she dresses and how she um, uh, exposes herself to the public. Mm. And um, so yeah, that's I think that's what it is. But I think last time last couple of weeks ago she kind of went viral on, on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, because she says she doesn't feel the attraction attraction of men on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, oh, right. Like yeah, nobody's checking her house. Someone's checking for her. But I think it's all because, you know, we, we respect Steph Curry. We know he's a man of values. Yeah, so we're not so, going to move to his wife like that. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. But, but, yeah, but, but, but that's an issue. That's, people did... Sorry. But yeah, but for her, that's an issue. People yeah. did... When she said that, people came for her because um, of how conservative she is and why she should even be thinking about being looked at by other men. Really? Yeah, and I think like... I think that that's so silly and small-minded yeah. because I don't care if I'm in a relationship or if I'm married, it would be nice to know that other men desire me either way. Yeah. It's just that an ego boost. It's yeah. just an ego yeah. boost and yeah, everybody wants be, an ego boost Should we once be in a living while. from the ego though? Look. But we the, all do. We <laughs> all do. That's the reality. She's on the media. She's got Instagram. She get whatever likes. Like she's, Approved by everybody on the world in the world right now. No, hold on, but hold on, but you hold on. Wait, wait. I just like, can't, wait. Hold on. We we all live from an ego boost, yeah. but it's not okay for men to be intimidated by Serena because how that's are you? Diff- that is no, very, how, very no, different. No, 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 no. no. But how are you going? How are you desirable? No, 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 feeling like you're desirable to people that are not just your husband is different from being intimidated by someone because of their su- success. But it's still about the ego, right? If this man, hot. if this poor man is going to be walking <laughs> around and be like, oh, well, look, I'm a carpenter, right? Yeah. I, you know, I'm not making as much money as Serena. Mm-hmm. You know, ego is going to be attached to that, especially as a man, but do you right? See, I mean, you just said we all live from but, the ego. Is it but, not fair to have some sympathy for those guys? The situation doesn't affect her relationship, but the... But the whole idea, like what you've just mentioned, that will it affect would affect your relationship because but, you're going to get jealous of your of your spouse. But it would with affect Aisha, your relationship. Really it, affect her, her but it would re- affect your relationship if the husband knows that the his wife wants attention from other guys. Why does that affect your? But then Steph Curry just, gets lots of it's attention. It's just attention. It's not, it, it she's would, not well, going to do anything it, I mean, with that attention. I, so you think, you think, you think okay, <laughs> you'll yeah. be okay with when you're married. Um, not that you're actively seeking it, but not to be actually be desirable at all. Listen, I wouldn't be thinking about that, man. That's what oh, you think. Ah. Nah, but I think, I think. <laughs> forget, forget, like, forget, like, married, single, like, I'm, I know I'm attractive. Like, so wow. it's not, re- do you know what I mean? I'm, no, no, I'm just saying there's, there's, there's some ego there. I'll, but then if you've got that ego boost, it's ego is higher. Yeah, right? but, yeah, but, but, but do you know, but do you know what? Yeah, I don't. Such a huge It's too ego. big. It's too wide. It won't fit. Okay. It's too much. Okay, that's enough. Okay, okay. I talk like I this because I, I can you. back it up. Okay. Anyway, you see this I guy got a big ego. Um, the, but I do, I did want to shout out LeBron. Uh, the, LeBron and his wife met in high school. They're like yeah, high yeah, school yeah, sweethearts. High school sweethearts, yeah. And they always say that like LeBron's a good example because he hasn't had any scandals. Like yeah, it's yeah. just like him and his wife and they've, you know, they've got a nice family and they're mm. doing their thing and they're yeah. chilling. So yeah. shout out LeBron James. Well, shout out Steph Curry too. Yeah, he's yeah, good. I don't have any sweethearts as well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think they met, they met when they were 14 Oh, years they old. met in high school as well? Yeah, I'm not, not, not high school. They went to a camp and they kept in touch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's I nice. I wish I was encouraged to go to more camps. <laughs> 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 Maybe that's where all the God fearing men were, you know, and I missed that, you know. Anyway, while we're on the topic of sport, I just wanted to bring up this quick side issue. Um uh Nigerian 
authorities being embarrassing again. The IAAF in 2017 (laughs) sent uh, the Nigerian Athletic Federation or whatever you call it, $150,000 as part of a generic payment that they pay to athletic federations around the world. Mm. Now, the IAAF, which is the international body which regulates athletics, made a mistake. They should only have sent $15,000, but instead they sent $150,000. And when they realized the mistake, they contacted the Nigerian Athletic Federation and said, can we have the rest of the money back? And since then, uh, no one's been able to find the money. Uh, (laughs) No one wants to give the money back. (laughs) And it's got to the point where the uh, International Athletic Federation has now said, has threatened Nigeria that you will not be able to send athletes to international competitions unless you return this money. So I have quotes from the uh, Nigerian sports minister. Um, So he said... When did they realize that they made a mistake? <laughs> I'm just gonna love it. I'm sorry. When did they realize they made a mistake when the transaction was confirmed? I made a mistake in transferring money. I realized within he's saying, like, say for example, yeah, yeah. I made a mistake in, in transferring money. I realized within 10 minutes and I called my bank and I retrieved the money. Why did the IAAF take two months to realize a mistake? An international organization, highly reputable. I think it's not about money er erroneously credited to Nigeria, but there is a calculated attempt just to diminish and destroy Nigerian athletics. Otherwise, (laughs) I don't see why they call it a mistake. We didn't apply for a grant. When asked what the country will do, at least save it from possible ban, threatened by the IAF, Mr. DeLong said... Ban us for what Nigeria, what has Nigeria done? What is the crime? Did we steal money from them? <laughs> Did we ask them to transfer money to us? So he's basically claiming that the IAF, Mr. DeLong, wherever it is, saying that there's no basis for banning Nigeria. But clearly it seems like there is. <laughs> I find it, it so funny, man. It is, I'm still laughing. It is a silly it's mistake, though. Yeah, like, how I don't, do you... That, look, no one cares. It's an accounting error, you know. It's an accounting error, yeah, yes. I'm not saying that Nigeria is justified in not returning that money. Yeah. But, like, how do, don't you realize that you've transferred this that amount of money to the wrong account? I mean, mm. to be fair, I mean, I, I could believe a theory in which the IAAF did this intentionally, knowing that something like this would happen. Just so that they, no, because <laughs> they're they, banking be, on Nigerian yeah, corruption. A very predictable <laughs> outcome here. God. Yeah, that's yeah. possible. That is wild. <laughs> that is beyond wild. But anyway. Shout out to Divine Oduduru, the fastest man in the world at the moment. Is he? Oh. Well, he's, he holds the season records in the 100 and 200, doesn't he? Oh right. my goodness. The mm. guy that said, I've got a black man blood in yeah, me. That, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Shout you out see, to him. See, sometimes like, I always say it, yeah. It's not, sometimes like people are not like, not great. It's just, they don't have money. Mm. Like, mm. Money will make yeah. you fine. Mm. Money will make you the fastest man. <laughs> <in the world. laughs> money will help your life. The guy has put on weights and mm. he's looking like a spice. <laughs> Just saying, just saying. For any black women out there who are I'm, triggered, I'm Google that. I'm Google that. <laughs> okay, so there was something controversial that came up in the last episode when I was not there. And I, think, I think some crazy shit comes up when I'm not here. So dummy here, he's squeezing his face at oh, me. Oh, right are we now. doing this now? Yes, we're doing this now. Okay, I got, I got some, I got some. Uh, go on, go on. Okay. So he basically said, 
And there was a discussion about um, absolute poverty and whether or not um, uh, people can actually afford basics on a day to day. You were here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I wish I could get an <laughs> yeah. actual. You know what? I'm going to play it. Oh, <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. No, we should just clip it. We can just clip the. the we should just. Yeah, clip but the actual... I'm going to play it for our own benefits as well, so that we don't okay. misquote you. Oh, wow. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> where is this video? Okay. By the way, I, by the way, I think the, the people who are in that situation of absolute poverty is. Sorry. One second, I'm gonna find it. Mm. By the way, I, by the way, I think the, the people who are in that situation of absolute poverty is going down. Just put up the lever on the Bluetooth channel. That one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the video, and here's what Demi said. By the way, I, by the way, I think the, the people who are in that situation of absolute poverty is going down all the time now. In Nigeria, yeah, yeah. I can't buy bread. Even the people, I think there are lots of people who in are Nigeria? out there. Yeah, I, I can't I, buy bread. I think bread is three. I think bread is three hundred and fifty naira. I think you're absolutely delusional, mate. Yeah. Bread is less than one I pound. I think you're absolutely. No, I'm sorry. Mate. Bread is less than one pound now. I think the number of people less who can't one- buy bread in in Nigeria is actually smaller than you think. Damn bread is three hundred and fifty naira. No, on a serious note, like let's be very very real here. Even the people begging, like even the people begging, most of them will come for three fifty naira for bread because yeah. they wouldn't be alive by next week. These people have been begging for years. How are they eating? I think, no, 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 no. I think you're disgraced for making that statement. I think Naira. you're disgraced for making that statement. Nah, to be honest. nah. I'm saying the. No- okay, so, <laughs> so basically, the the reason why that came up was because we were discussing African healthcare systems and how unaffordable it is for the uh, average person without access to universal healthcare systems in mm. most African countries. And Dami mentioned what we just had. Um, so I would like him to, you know, just. You just just go ahead and justify yourself, please. <laughs> um, Ade actually mentioned the, the the part that's not in the clip is Ade said something about oh if you're begging and you can't if or if you can't afford to buy bread how will you afford to ha- uh, afford healthcare? Mm-hmm. Um, so in t- last episode I expressed this opinion about the number of people in that situation of absolute poverty going down that that the number of people in absolute poverty in Nigeria was going down. And um, obviously lots of people were very upset with the, with my statements and comments and, um, you know, people were just a bit disillusioned and like, you know, disappointed. People were offended, you know, and I, and I still think I was right, actually. Um, And um, I'm telling me that half of Nigeria's population can't afford bread does not compute with me. And Telling me that uh, half of Nigeria's population, or even close to that number, can't afford kind of the basic food uh, that they need to live does not compute. I I actually don't believe it. And you might say, well, Dami, look, you live in the UK, you don't understand the situation, but I'm not the only one. And I speak about this with my father, actually. Um, And he also believes that some of these statistics are misreported sometimes. And even it's actually acknowledged um, on Wikipedia when we mention poverty that the, the the informal economy of African countries is such that it's not always easily calculable what the real statistics are, for example, the population. Um, so, for example, the CIA World Fact, Factbook reports that Afghanistan, the Central African Republic, 
the Democratic Republic of Congo, Eritrea, Eswani, Gambia, Guatemala, Haiti, Malawi, Lesotho, Mexico, on an asset-based definition, Mozambique, Sao Tome and Principe, Sierra Leone, South Sudan, Nili Sudan, um, Suriname, Syria, Burundi, uh, Togo, Yemen, Zambia, and Zimbabwe all have more than half of their populations living below the poverty line. And the, the point there is that Nigeria has a bigger population than every single one of those countries. So yes, the number of people who are in 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 poverty or absolute poverty is going to be higher than the ones mm-hmm. in the ones with smaller populations. Mm-hmm. But when we look at things by by um, uh, proportion, Nigeria isn't necessarily at the top, at least according to the CIA World Factbook. Okay. So I think what I think what has happened here actually is that this was one study. This was one study in America, mm. which said that the the number of people who are living in the situation of absolute poverty has gone above that of India, which has a much higher population. So it was one study which came out from America and lots of newspapers and magazines and journals kind of jumped on this mm. and then used it to write the kind of extremist alarmist headline, Nigeria is poverty capital of the whole world. And that makes sense from a journalistic point of view. Mm-hmm. But... I think that those news reports were then used by people who specifically did not want Buhari to become president to say, look, this is how bad the country is. And then they pushed that agenda quite strongly. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is I think we need to be very careful about how we refer to to places. And this goes to to the whole of Africa, not just Nigeria particularly. That when we say, oh, poverty capital, or this is is happening and, you know, I look at things from what I believe, what makes sense to me. And, and that was something I didn't believe. So yeah, so my my thought was that the, the positive economic indicators for Nigeria, the economy growing, the the amount of the, the average uh, number of hours of light or electricity in a day increasing, those kind of things to me said that the number of people in absolute poverty would be going down. Okay, before I say anything, I, I would just wonder if anybody wants to comment everything that Damien's just said. No? You know? No? Well, you brought the facts to back up your statement that you made before. To be honest, like, I I didn't want to speak because I'm like, well, I I can only, I I only know so much about Nigeria. But from what I do know, I, I don't know, like, I just think that, um, from what I'm aware of, the economy isn't actually doing as well as it was before. And that's actually affected a lot of people within Nigeria. So I don't know. I don't know, but is it has it actually improved? So from the last in terms of economic growth, I think Nigeria's been steady okay. in terms of economic growth and it's had moments where it's it, it is growing, but yeah. marginally. Okay. And also it doesn't necessarily mean because and this was the argument that I had with Dami is the fact that like GDP growth does not translate GDP growth. Well, economic. Okay. Let me finish. Okay. We, are, we all let you finished. <laughs> finished. Finish. Economic growth does not translate to positive human development. And that's been proven time and time and time again. And one of the reasons. What, what was the lady's name? The, the researcher on that thing. Amartya Sen. That was it. Yeah. Amartya Sen is one of the world's best economists to have to have ever lived. 
I think he's still alive. I'm not sure. But anyway, he's he's one of my inspirations. Oh, he's a man. He's a man. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a South Asian. Anyway, so he, as well as other economists and other social development researchers, have proven time and time again that economic growth does not always translate into GDP. The UK's economy, even despite Brexit, says that we're growing. Mm. But, but, in, but, mm. but there's still a lot of austerity going mm. on. There's a lot, like there's been a lot of cuts in the NHS. People not be able, being able to access the healthcare that they need and things like that. The legal system the, as well. The yeah. legal system, a lot of legal aid has, has been cut. Mm. So yes, while we're growing marginally, mm-hmm. people aren't necessarily feeling that growth in their pockets. The same in India, the same in Mexico, the same in all the other BRICS countries, right? Yeah. And my point about your statement is, it's so simplistic because it just assumes that your everyday person who no, has no access to education, because I have to tell you, Nigeria has the highest population of children not in school. You have to think about that. And Nigeria also contributes okay, to... Hold we're going to look at that. Hold on. Nigeria also contributes 10, 10% of... Ma- uh, maternity deaths. Maternity deaths in the world is from Nigeria. These are things that I'm saying we need to take on board because we're all, we were, it was also in relation to healthcare, right? Yeah, it was. It was also yeah. in relation to healthcare. So even if you are right and people can afford 350 naira to buy bread a day. Most people, yeah. Most people. What if one day on their way to buy that bread, they break their leg? How do they pay for their hospital bill? Agreed. That's what I mean uh, by agreed. absolute poverty. Mm. Yes, absolute. Because at the end of the day, absolute poverty is defined as being on a, um, uh, living on less than a dollar ninety a day, and a dollar ninety just a day um, is less than seven hundred naira, and seven hundred naira cannot do much for you. Yeah. It would barely buy you the two slices of bread. You can't even add butter to it. There are some places that I'm, I'm serious. How much is blue band? Blue band is two hundred and fifty naira. If you have someone, if you want to buy two loaves of bread. Let's get into the basics. Let's get into the numbers. Mm. I've lived in Nigeria. You can we eat, go back. Can, I go back you can, often. You can eat. You Are you going to eat, eat bread can, and butter you, every single you day? Can, you can eat noodles. That's not the but, point. Definitely. No, but I'm just saying, no, no, no. But you're just saying, but I'm just, uh, let's get the, let's get the, the money right. We're saying, oh, well, bread is this and that. You can eat okay, lunch for 100 naira. Can you not? Yes, you can. Okay, right. That, okay, let's, let's, okay, that's that. That lunch you're going to eat for 100 naira is mostly going to be carbs. What happens to the day when you actually do have malnutrition? Because if you're even going to buy meat at Buka, one meat is about 250 naira. Okay. And it's, how, how much is it? It's like, yeah, literally mm-hmm. the size of my thumb. Mm. Mm. How's that enough protein? Okay, but, but what fine. happens when you're mal- you're, you are malnutritioned and you need health care? You have no access to that. Mm. About maybe I think, and I'm sorry if the number is wrong, about 10% of Nigerians have access to national health insurance systems. And those 10% are mostly civil servants. No. Makes sense. Yeah. That's what I mean when I say you, it's just okay, too fine. simplistic. What, 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 what I was going to Just a question. Yeah. When you talk about absolute poverty, you're talking about people that are clearly not doing anything. It's people just, that are living yeah. less than, living on less than a dollar ninety how a about, day. How about the informal economy? Are you considering this or, or not? Of well, that was, that was the that thing. That was part of his argument. The, it was like, okay. So it was just, I took objection to Ade kind of suggesting that there was, there was this thing that, people can't afford to buy lunch. And I just didn't like something about that image didn't sit right with me mm-hmm. that I, I just like, that is not what I know of the country. So, okay, fine. But how much no, I mean, country I mean, and by seen? the way, nobody is, 
no one is no one's denying. I'm not denying that the, all of these things are there in terms of poverty. There is a serious deficiency in healthcare. The systems don't exist. Sometimes, if they exist, they don't work, and so on. We know this. Um, I just kind of took issue with with the way that Adi was presenting the idea of of well, I mean, half the population, as we we found out, but. Is, is it half the population? It's 87 million Nigerians. We don't know Nigeria. what the population is. Like, like 180, 190, 175. It's predicted to be 200 million in the next 10 years. But it's mm. currently at almost 180 million. See, uh, that's another thing I don't believe. Estimated. But then yeah, population yeah, yeah. is always estimated. Nigeria is difficult. No, 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 no. I know. Yeah, true. In that, Nigeria, that, that's it, is, it is difficult. Right, yeah. Okay. What, um, you were going to say something? Yeah, I was um, just, just uh, going back to the informal economy, mm. uh, also known as shadow economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something that's really going on and that's quite heavy. So um, I think it's kind of hard to talk about absolute poverty uh, uh, constantly. This is what I'm saying. Some people that, that should not be insur- um, insured, and but at the moment, there's a lot of um, American companies, um, private equity banks, uh, trying to invest into informal economies to make them, uh, to formalize them and try to, um, you know, create this whole insurance system mm-hmm. and uh, all that and all this. But um, I don't know if we can really believe the, those numbers that we see online with uh, according, um, talking about poverty because there's a lot of things that we don't know that are mm-hmm. also happening and people are clearly li- living good and uh, a lot of p- companies are actually making are very profitable businesses in the informal economy as well. Yeah, and MTN, what happened with MTN recently? Something happened with MTN. I didn't hear about no. it. Okay, um... But yeah, poverty. Poverty is there, man. So yeah, so just for all the listeners who are offended, I want I want to apologize. I wasn't suggesting that there isn't any poverty um, or that it isn't something that needs to be dealt with or all that, even that it wasn't a big issue. Um, because it I, is I a big issue. I and I, I just that. felt like, and while I can understand where you're coming from, and you both have made very solid points about the informal economy, at the end of the day, even if someone can afford one bread a day, that is not something to say, oh, there's no absolute poverty. That is, it's it's too simplistic to say that. Well, that's the thing. It's too simplistic to say that. Why should anyone be expected to live no, but that's different. That's different. That when, when no one, when we don't want people to be in that situation. And that the number of people, st- unless we actually have concrete evidence that contradicts these numbers, and I would honestly, honestly be open to seeing that if we don't have concrete evidence that co- contradicts these numbers, at the end of the day, it's just opinion. It's what just the one pound ninety? The, the eighty? No, the eighty-seven million people. Yeah. It's just going to be opinion. It's yeah, but, but just, in my know, opinion, but the we, figures but, are wrong. Yeah, but we, but we know that 87 million people, can, we know that they, they can eat every week, right? Like the number of people who eat from charities and rummage in dustbins and stuff, it, it won't come close to 87 million, mm-hmm. right? So there's mm-hmm. something going on there that the 87 million people, That's or it. most of them are using to eat. If someone is sleeping in their cousin's house, let's say we have a 40-year-old man who lives in his, in his, or his grandma's house, and he's not paying rent, but he'll go and he'll clean the house. And if he can, he'll make akara in the morning to sell on the street. But the money he's making from the akara is not what he uses as profit. It's what he uses to give to his grandma to, to live in the house. So, but because it's his grandma, it's not like he's paying rent. It's just like, I love you. Here's some money. But so that person isn't getting an income, but at the same time, he's not absolutely poor because he has enough to eat Akara. He also has enough to sleep. But in economic so, but terms. No, but, but I'm just, I'm just saying there's a difference terms. between, we're not, we're not, 
prescribing that lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? We're just saying that there's a difference between somebody who's completely homeless and is begging, right? And who hasn't eaten in three days with someone who's just about somehow getting by. I don't know. Which which would apply to more people? Yeah. Okay, I can. I, can, uh, I don't I know. Point. I get what you're saying, but I can't. I still disagree because I just feel like, yeah, you're getting by, mm. but you're not really. You're really not getting by, are you? Because like at the same time, you still have other issues that you that need to consider up. as well. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. Okay, to be honest, and it, I think maybe because like in Africa, like that's the thing. There's that culture of getting by, and if you're getting by, then you're not. Then you're not poor. But no, they're poor. Necessary. No, they're, they're fine. They're poor. poor. Yeah, but um, and I was gonna say as well, like, there's definitely this is just what I see anyway. I think there's definitely a disparity between like those who are really wealthy and those who are obviously in, yeah, absolutely. absolutely poor. Yeah. So I think we have to consider that as well, not just um, you know, absolute poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's definitely the case in Nigeria. Um, but yeah, there's just other issues that we don't consider because like for example, in Uganda, for example, um, you can grow. We, we eat matoke. There's this thing called matoke. Yeah, I know matoke. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we eat that. So that can be in your garden, yeah, like in your back garden or whatever. And you can eat that. You can be fine, whatever. You can eat all the stuff, mogo, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you're poor. Like, mm, yeah, yeah, you're poor. So yeah. okay. to me, it's like even if you can eat, it doesn't mean if you can't pay your school fees, if you can't. Um, pay your healthcare. You can't if, afford transport. If you can't mm-hmm. afford transport, mm-hms. then to you don't me, have a job. I I would consider that absolute poverty. To be honest, just because you're fending for yourself because that's the norm mm-hmm. in Africa doesn't mean that that's that you're not in absolute poverty. Because we would consider that like those in the diaspora and those from um, Western society, we would consider that as as absolute poverty. Because if someone else was living that same lifestyle here. They would be considered as um, someone, you know, dealing with austerity, or yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. But so again, like, the needs maybe it's are different. And, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think I think it's subjective, and maybe that's why people took um, what you were saying. Like, yeah, um, people you know, were offended. But yeah, I guess that's why people were offended. <laughs> but you've backed your point. We we agree to an extent, mm. but at the same time, I think we need to recognize that there are other issues that um, is beyond people deal with. Bread. Yeah, but yeah, beyond it. <laughs> Yeah, Wonder blue bread. band and all of that. It's beyond that. It's beyond anyway, that. Um, I think Kevin wanted to say one more thing and then we'll wrap this up. Oh, that, that's fine now. No? Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. So I think we have really gone back and forth and we've touched on a lot of issues. So uh, we will wrap this episode up for today. Um, thank you so, so much for listening. And we hope you will join us um, in the next episode. This is Afrolog.